Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with Jerem High Stringer, the king of Kentucky backpacking, again in the Casa de Stringer. Welcome. Brother, I got to confront you on something. Yeah, let's hear it. We were talking pre-podcast just a moment ago. Uh-huh. You shave your arms. Yes. You don't? Bro, why are you shaving your arms? I like the way it feels. Your Does your hair get sore? No. Why would my hair get sore? Well, I don't think it's the hair. I think it's the hair follicles. Does this not happen to you? <laughs> no, that, that's, that's a brand new thing for me. Do you sleep in socks? I take showers. I shower every single day. <laughs> Sometimes twice a day if I've you know, went and done you, cardio. You need to be proud of that man for Oh, it's not that I'm ashamed. I'm not ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed. You should let that grow out, man. Oh, I do. Be the red, the red wolf. Oh, let's. That okay. could be your new trail name. Let's. <laughs> you could be the Red Wolf. <laughs> I I don't think that. I don't think I can give up my other trail name to become the Red Wolf, even though that would be an awesome trail name. Dude, I'm telling you, you grow your arm hair out, it's an immediate change. <laughs> we are going Red Wolf from this day forward. You're gonna have to change your 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 YouTube channel name. When I do the introduction, I'll be like, welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. John Kelly here with the Red Wolf. Like, come on, that would be awesome. That would be really cool. Oh, we got to go there. Okay, I'll, let's, let's I'll do this. I'll take it over. Let's, let's take an online poll. Okay, how are we going to... I will do this on the YouTube channel. When we get done, I'm, I'm going to write a note down. Right, write it down. Piece so of paper. I'm going to write this, this down. Make a poll. Red Wolf. Okay. Okay. okay, and I, I'm already Yosemite now, Sam, and I got that authentically. <sighs> I got that authentically on trail. I don't care. So what we're gonna do? <laughs> and I used and abused it all throughout my long trail hike. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. All right, let's we're, we're gonna put the poll on our YouTube channel. Yeah, look right here. And, and we're gonna let we're gonna let you people vote. Okay. Yeah. So if you're listening on the podcast, this will be up for a couple weeks. We'll leave it up for a couple weeks. Um. <laughs> But I want to know, would you guys prefer that Jeremiah be called the Red Wolf or Yosemite Sam? Red Wolf is awesome, dude. But so is Yosemite Sam. I'm just, yeah, but it doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. It's got a lot of syllables. There's too many syllables. Red Wolf. That's two syllables. The Red Wolf. The Red Wolf. Three syllables. And then when you hike down the trail, you go, oh, and people know you're coming. <laughs> like, it's the Red Wolf. They'll be like, there's that annoying That's guy. What happened? Did I tell you about, uh, or maybe Jason might have told you, about him meeting the guy that took the vow of silence on the Appalachian Trail? No. I'm sure a lot of people have done this, but Jason has section hiked a lot of the Appalachian. I say it's like four or 500 he's, miles. Isn't yeah, it? he's up He's up past around Damascus. He's out of Damascus. Virginia now, right? Uh, I think that we might have missed a little section whenever I was going with him because we had to reschedule. The okay. trail that we were going on. It was closed due to bear. The trail was open, but all this, every single shelter we were planning on staying at <clears throat> and campsites was closed. closed. For bear activity, bear activity, yeah. So we would have had to hike like eighteen miles in a day, and that may be okay if you started at Springer and now you're up to Virginia and you got your trail legs. But we were like literally driving, you know, eight hours to go hike. Right. So right. It, we didn't have trail legs anyway. He met this guy while he's section hiking that took a vow of silence, so he wouldn't talk to you. And um, he was howling like a wolf. Like you, there was a full moon. This is the basic gist. That's of the not story being silent. A vow of not talking, I guess, would be a more okay, accurate. So that's definitely not a vow of silence. No. because howling like a wolf's a lot louder than talking. Yeah, I agree. Same, but he wouldn't talk to you. But he was, uh, he was howling at the full moon at night outside the shelter where Jason was staying. Yeah. He went crazy. Well, he wasn't the red wolf. But no, he was, he was wolf. a wolf. A, a was he a wolf or a coyote? Could be either. Speaking of that, I didn't tell you this in our last episode. We heard coyotes both nights. 
Oh, did you get for, to see him? No, of course not when you can see him. They stay away from you. You'll never see him. Yeah, they're running around cities. They're running around all kinds of major cities. All over Los Angeles. They said they're, they said they're in it, every major city in America right now. They're, they're pests, but they will clean up, you know, roadkill and stuff, which yeah. I guess is good. But you don't. they eat a lot of um, dogs and cats and stuff. They yeah. kill... Kill a lot of pets. Well, I would be upset about the dogs, the cats. I mean, that's you know, that's understandable. Not, not really a cat guy. Yeah, I'm myself. not a cat guy. I, I mean, if they ate cats, I mean, that's probably a good thing. Well, I don't know if it's a good thing. We always had cats. <laughs> Look at your hot take. If y'all could see John's I face, just, I'm just waiting for the backlash. I'm waiting for the comments now to come in. <laughs> Why do you hate cats? You're an evil person. Yeah, you're just throwing grenades out into the audience. I just like I just like to spark conversation. <laughs> so controversy. Controversy sales. Look, listen to John selling it. They're cats, man. We always had cats growing up because I grew up. I don't know if I told you this, but a lot on a farm. I tell you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, on farms, you get a lot of mice. You get a lot of snakes. Cats and help stuff. keep rodents away. Yeah, they keep them away, so they're good. But that's that's what honestly, like, and coyotes are good for that too. Like they keep. Uh, like raccoons and stuff. They'll, yeah, the vermin. No, they'll get rid of them. Yeah, the pests. Yeah. But then I guess the coyotes, they get they don't have predators. So here in Kentucky, we trap them. I mean, oh. I don't personally. Well, you're allowed to you're allowed to hunt them legal. You can hunt as many as you want. There's no like yeah. limit to how many you're allowed to take. I ever tell you about coyote hunting? No. I'm, I went one time in my entire life. We'll get back to the shaving the arms here in just a minute. But yeah. Let's talk about me. We don't coyote. need to talk about shaving the arms. We got that done. We're done with oh, that. Okay. We're good with that. But so um, I went to college at WKU and became friends with, which is uh, Western Kentucky University for yeah, those who are listening and go watching. tops. Yeah. So the Hilltoppers, uh, they're literally called the Hilltoppers. Well, it's a giant, and hill. their their mascot looks like Grimace, <laughs> and it's meant to literally be a walking hilltop. Is Grimace the guy from uh, McDonald's? McDonald's? Yes, the yeah. purple thing. Yeah, they're like twin brothers. Yeah, I'm, I agree. You guys have the worst mascot in the history That's not of the mascots. Worst. Actually, it's Come ranked, on. It's ranked in the top ten of mascots, actually. I don't care who voted on that. They were all wrong. <laughs> Whoever voted on it's that was a genius. It's literally a giant. It's, it's a it's maroon a hill. hill. No, it's not maroon. What color is it? It's a little bit more red than your is hat. Is it burgundy? It's like uh, the color of this, the chair that you're sitting in. No. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Let's look it up. What color? what color? What is the color for for Western Western Kentucky University? What color red is WKU logo? WKU red. It's darker though. It is darker. It yeah, it's darker than. They Scarlet. have their own red. WKU red. They baby. actually have their own red. It's kind of like the UK blue. Did you know that like if you use that specific color of blue on anything and sell it? Yeah. You can be sued by the University of Kentucky? It's almost like a royal blue, but I guess that they use their own their own words to describe so it. So if if the Hilltoppers are taking on the, the Wildcats, who are you cheering for? Oh, they did take on the Wildcats, dude. I remember who, I was, who are you cheering for? Well, let me tell you what happened. I, now I got two stories going here. <laughs> Both are involving college. Yeah. So... In 2012, WKU won a play-in game, if I remember correctly, into the NCAA tournament. Okay. That made them a 16 seed. And guess who was a one seed? Uh, the University of Kentucky Wildcats. That's would be right. My guess. And that means that in UK's first game in the NCAA tournament in 2012, the year they won a national championship. Mm-hmm. So what year was that? 2012. Is that the last one? That was the last one, unfortunately. Yeah. I was telling somebody the other day. They only that have eight, though. I, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, Do you realize the Ohio State Buckeyes have won just as many titles as the UK in the last 10 years? Yeah, a lot of schools have because almost nobody wins the tournament. No. Only one team. Only one team. Every year. So, it, anyway. I, this is the first time in my life, though, in a decade, UK didn't win one. Really? Is that right? In my lifetime. I think so. Because I was born in 73. They won one in the 70s, they won one in the 80s. I don't know they won. They won like a couple in the nineties, ninety six, ninety eight for sure. I they was won one for those. in the two thousands, right? We should have won one. Tubby won one in ninety eight. Yeah, so, oh, it was in ninety eight. So yeah, we didn't win another used, one until two thousand twelve. Yeah, it was Rick Pitino's okay. team, and then I don't want to get too deep into UK. Okay, we're, we're done. We're done talking about basketball. This is a backpacking podcast. Let's talk about Coyotes again. Now hold on a second. WKU, <laughs> they played in this opening round game, uh-huh. and I was in my dorm room at WKU watching the game. Were you wearing UK gear? And I was probably wearing UK gear, but I was oh. really, I, well, I knew we won by like twenty points. 
You say we. You weren't part of them. You were part of WKU. Well, we lost by like 20 points. Would that be more accurate since that's, I was attending? That's, that's much more accurate. <laughs> you like, like, that's like, li- like, that's like being an American citizen and going to war. Yeah. And like cheering for Russia. You, oh, I think you can't do that. No way. Those completely different circumstances. Same thing. Same thing. Okay. So, anyway, WKU has given you. A life, a life, basically. They've given you the education so that you can do what you do now to make a, this house you live in is yeah. in part due to WKU. In part but due to now you I cheer earned, for the Wildcats instead. Well, first of all, I earned that degree. They Somebody had to me, teach you. Yeah, but I had to pay for it. It wasn't like it was just a freebie. I'm just saying, man. So I met a guy. Do you have um, any scholarships? Yeah. So I you didn't pay for all of it. Levi and Bertha Alexander. I got a full academic scholarship all four years. So you didn't pay you didn't for know. hardly anything. Yeah, and I was so poor that no, I got just, grant money. You just made it sound like you paid all this money. Paid for my it. time. Oh my gosh. Okay, hold on a second. This is a good. This is a good uh, debate here because to get the scholarship, you have to be eligible. Okay. And I got one B in uh, high school. So what were the rest C's? They were all A's. Oh, okay, good. I had like a three point nine nine GPA. Thank you. Well, I won't drop any names here besides Tim. Thanks a lot, Tim, for that B in art. You can. Oh, uh, so you're blaming him for your B, dude? I was gifted and talented art in you're elementary a teacher, right? school. I'm a teacher. What do you do when pe- when parents blame or te- or students blame the teacher for their I'm, grade? I'm not blaming. Oh, him. I'm just saying thank you. Uh-huh. I'm trying to explain the circumstances. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was gifted and talented art. Have you seen any of my drawings? No. I am artistically gifted. Okay. I'm also very humble. I don't know if you can tell. I'm, I'm picking up on that. <laughs> I'm very humble. Your humility is so thick right now. I'm choking <laughs> on it. <laughs> so they used to pull me out of class. And the, if you were gifted and talented in an area and you were good in a different class, like I competed in Science Olympiad, which is like the nerdiest thing ever. I, I, I did Odyssey of the Mind. Same thing. Okay. Yeah. So they would pull me out of science class and take me to art and like teach you different techniques on drawing, sculpting, etc. in middle in uh, elementary and middle school. Then you get to high school and I guess they just throw all that in the trash cuz every year I'm a teacher and I just have to do a survey on gifted and talented, but that's about it. So in elementary, I guess they're taking this seriously. They're pulling me out of class and I learn to draw and blah blah blah. Then I get to high school and I take art appreciation or whatever it's called, but I have to learn about the Renaissance era and the the bombing of this Russian city that inspires a painting, and then you have to copy the painting, and then you have to make your own like paper collage mache sculpture temple. And anyway, long story short, I got to be in that class. It was my only B, so I went from being tied for first place in my graduating class of like 186 people, excuse me, 86 people, to. 13th place. So what you're saying is you you actually had a hard class, and then you All couldn't handle class. it. Man, I took calculus, <laughs> statistics. I you, I took every math class that was available. You So you're not a history guy? I love history. Well, that sounds like a history class. Some Sometimes you get, you don't see eye to eye with your professor. You're oh, so, so you're blaming the teacher again. I'm not saying it was all on him. But it wasn't all on me either. I'm having too much fun with this right so, now. <laughs> so anyway, I put in the time, and I earned that scholarship. Because you had to graduate from my high school. There was, there was an old couple that I guess were alumni of WKU. Uh-huh. And they passed, and they left a lot of money. I don't know how much, but it was at least enough to cover my school. So did you send their, their, their family a thank you when you graduated? No, that's a good idea. You really should have. Uh, well, because their family is the reason you have an education. Well, I think that they wield the money to the university, so I don't think the family even. So got then, to you s- do need to thank the university, not the university, the people. They wield the money. You to be eligible, you had to have a certain academic standing, and you had to graduate from my high school. So you're not willing to thank anybody for your. Oh, education. I would love to thank them. Yeah. I'll write them a letter. You should. But I'm saying the people that left me the money. Not just me, but anybody that went to WKU they died. that graduated. Yeah, I can't write them a letter. They had offspring, didn't they? I don't know. They probably have They probably have heirs. You should probably find them. Yeah. 
That's a good idea. It's I'll write them a letter. Yeah. Say thank you, even though they're so parents. By the way, I got one. called out on our podcast because I never said thank you. <laughs> I don't for... think they'll care about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a full academic scholarship through them, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But my wife and uh, my childhood best friend, we were all eligible, and both of them got partial scholarships. So you you had to, the better you done in school, the more you could be awarded. And okay. I think they got a couple grand. Well, that's said, We're going to skip the coyote story now. Why? We Why are like we're, to... we're like 15 minutes into this podcast. We haven't talked about anything we're supposed to talk about right now. So that's okay. I think we need to come back to the coyotes later, though. Oh, this only takes a second on the coyotes. Okay, let's, let's tell us the coyote story then. Okay, so um, the the guy I met in college, we shared a, a dorm room wall. Like, my dorm was 715, this was like 717, Okay, wall in between. And we became really good friends, and his family had a farm. And so on the weekend, sometimes we go up to his place. And uh, he was like, you want to go coyote hunting? I was like, sure. I've never been. I Growing up, I rabbit hunted, squirrel hunted, that kind of stuff. And um, I think I'd been deer hunting once prior to this, maybe twice. Okay. So I get my shotgun, and... Um, Basically, we take a, a call. You can buy a call that has a ton of different sounds on it. And this had like 200 sounds. So It's interesting. Yeah, I think it may be either Bluetooth to your phone or whatever. Anyway, he put like a dying hare or a dying fawn on at his farm. And you want to kill the coyotes away from the farm because they'll eat your chickens. <laughs> so, like, if you're depending on these eggs to sustain your family... Yeah. Obviously, you don't want the coyotes killing the chickens, and it's costing you money. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you put the call out. You call in the coyotes that you hear every night howling around your farm, Yeah, and it attracts them in because it sounds like something is dying. It sounds like it's terrible sounds, actually, like the blood-curdling screams of a dying animal. It puts chills down your spine. Okay. Kind of weird. So we uh, we're like, well... These coyotes are coming in thinking that they're going to eat like a dying rabbit or a dying uh, deer. We probably need a home base fairly close to the call because you're hunting at night. Yeah. So you call them in. We climbed on top of a like a horse trailer. I was going to say, you're not just there. sitting in the ground, are you? Like that's, No. That's insane. You're not sitting 15 feet away from the call. I was going to say, that's ground. what I'm thinking. I'm going... Sounds, that's a good way to get killed. Now, that's my only experience coyote hunting, so I'm not a master. Did you get any? Uh, no. All we got was hearing them howling and stuff. We didn't get any that come in, but we sat up there for a while on top of this trailer and uh, waited on them to come in. I think I had a 12-gauge, and maybe one of them had a 22 or a different rifle. I, can't, I think there's three of us. When I was living in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. there's a family that I was real close to, and I was at their house. And we're sitting in their basement. We look out the window, and we see they have horses, mm-hmm. like two or three horses. And they're in this barn, and we see these coyotes sneaking through, like, a cornfield. Oh, really? We watch them, and immediately everybody grabbed guns and took off. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and so they went out and shot at these coyotes to make them go away. Yeah. But dude, it, they were big. Like, I don't know. I know coyotes down here aren't that big. Yeah, I don't they're know that how big. big they are. But the ones up there were huge. It blew my mind how big these coyotes were. And uh, so, yeah, so I think you being the red wolf is going to have to happen. So we're back to where we need to be. You know, uh, I was hustling during the the summertime doing the Dave Ramsey stuff. Yeah. Look at this picture of compared to dogs. Golden Retriever, Red Fox, Eastern Coyote. I followed one of those on a road in Athens, Kentucky for two miles. Why do you call it Athens? Because that's how it's pronounced. Is it? They pronounce it wrong. Is it spelled Athens? Yes. Kind of like uh, Versailles? Versailles. Versailles? Yeah. Yeah. They pronounce it Athens. I don't know why they Regional pronounce it. Regional dialect. I got a buddy that's got a degree in. So, uh, so you got these different coyotes, okay, right? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So the ones up in Wisconsin were definitely bigger than the ones I've seen in Kentucky. It says it's like a medium sized dog size. Yeah. I read. Uh, these were. Like 25 creepy. to 40 pounds. And they're mangy, dude. Oh, yeah. They're super mangy. They so like remind you of fur's a, all like matted and gross and, yeah. Yeah, there are, they are rodent seekers. Yeah. Well, they're they're the rodents of the dog community. Yeah, they are, uh, what is it called? Like, what are vultures and stuff like that that clean up roadkill called? 
there's a term used to describe things that that clean oh, up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Scavengers? Scavengers. They're scavengers. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're scavengers. Useful. I've seen a video. Uh, yeah, if you don't have scavengers, I mean, they clean up a lot of the nasty that's laying around. Yeah, we need them. Yeah. It's part of the ecosystem. Yeah, it's the circle of life. I've seen a video of a guy that had a pet. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> the circle of life. I was wondering if you were going to start singing or not. I seen a video of a guy that had a pet hyena. And it was like, you know, you think hyenas are like coyotes, but in Africa, I guess. No, I've seen them live. They're huge, right? They're massive. Yeah. So he had one as a pet, and it it looked like a clean dog. I mean, it wasn't mangy and all. Yeah, but those things have huge teeth. Oh, yeah, dude. I was looking at it, and I was like, dude, this thing is It's bigger than my dog's. Oh, yeah. Like twice the size. They fight lions. That is incredible. Think about that, dude. Like you get a you get a pack of those things, and they fight lions. Like they're no joke, dude. I, so I did when I went to Kilimanjaro. We did a we did a safari. Did you and see hyenas? I saw hyenas. I saw fourteen lions. Where's I saw the photos? elephants. Where's the photos on my I've, Facebook page? I've seen one photo of like a lion or something that you took on my Facebook page. Okay, I'll check out your well, Facebook you Check page. it out, like, because this was before I did YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah, when was this? 2016. Okay. So this is a while back. Yeah. But yeah, dude. Like, well, tell me about the stuff. safari. Well, let's talk about something else, because there's something we need to talk about. Otherwise, I, we'll talk about animals for, for a half hour, and I don't yeah. think anybody wants to listen to animals for a half hour. Yeah, I don't know. But a couple weeks ago, we did the perfect tent. Oh, yeah. And we talked about the perfect sleeping pad. Perfect sleep system, I system, believe. That's right, sleep system. I think we should talk about the perfect backpack. Oh, that's a good idea, man. I think that's vital, vital to the backpacking system. We've got if we're going to talk about the big three. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. got your shelter. We talked about that. Yeah, we we and, and I will tell you after using the X mid, mm-hmm. if that thing had a a I don't know like just its own self standing frame. It'd be the perfect tent. Even without the ridgeline. But you could put a ridgeline in there. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure that out. But it's a great tent um, because the weight and everything, it's just perfect. But uh, And we talked about sleeping pads, sleeping bags, quilts, that kind of thing. Yeah. So we got the sleep system. We got the tent. Now, the backpack, it, it provides some interesting uh, difficulties because one backpack that is perfect for me is terrible for you. I think you got to start with the fit. Yes. So, like, I'm pretty sure, and maybe you can confirm this, that if you're a woman versus a man, the backpacks are different designs. It really, it's the straps that are important. Okay. There's two styles of straps, typically. You've got J-straps, and, and I think they call them S-straps. I don't even know what that and is. And so, a J-strap is that typical one that's straight that just kind of comes around you. Okay. Fits better on guys than women because of... Breasts. Chest area, yeah. So... The S straps tend to come out and then go back. All right. So it gives more breathing room, I guess that you could say for females. Also for heavier guys, they say heavier guys S straps are a better choice as well. But yeah. um, so you've got the straps. So I would say you need a backpack where you have the option to choose between those. All right. It would have to be a backpack. And ULA actually, uh, the first backpack I used when I was on the Sheltoe was uh, a ULA Ohm 2.0, which Shug Emery still uses to this day. All right. Um, but uh, those, you can choose which strap, an S-strap versus a J-strap, which is really cool. I'm not sure if the other ones do that or not, but I know they do. Um, so you'd have, to have, you'd have to have the choice of straps. Yeah, you also need the choice of, like, the torso length. I think the ideal would give you an adjustable torso. My Osprey Atmos has adjust like, Mine you can slide too. it up or down. Yeah, most Ospreys do. And... You can go, like, if you're shopping for a backpack, you can go in and get fitted at a place. But, you know, companies like Chicken Tramper, um, whenever I was trying to figure out what size backpack for them to send me, I... Which is, like, literally in the middle of this <sighs> picture right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, you it's can right see behind it. us. Those weird colors. What's that? Blue, white, Blue, and black. White and black, what is that? Uh, the perfect color combo. That's not Western Kentucky. Yeah. That's true. It's also not Ohio State. (laughs) (laughs) So, go ahead. um, You can like take a string and put it around your uh, natural waist to kind of check the hip belt. And you can also have like, I have my wife to 
take a string and go from that spot up to whatever vertebrae. The vertebrae right up here at the top of your shoulders. Yeah, like you bend your head down, and then the one that's poking out at a certain point. They explain in the video. Yeah. But you just measure how long that string was, and then you type it in on wherever you're ordering from. So you need the straps. You need the um, either adjustable torso length or the ability to buy it in the torso length that you need. Yeah. And that's, that torso length is so important. I actually had somebody send me a message this week saying, um, do you know a good backpack for shorter people? And I was like, it doesn't matter if you're short. Yeah. Like for me, I have a long torso, like yeah. an abnormally long torso. The torso length is more important than you're like, yeah. I'm six foot three. Yeah. So weirdly enough, you and I would probably use a similar torso. Bridget also uses the same torso length. Yeah. Like the shadow light. Yeah. Cause some Camino people, some of us just born with longer torsos. I, I, like I said, I'm a walking hobbit. Like I have a really <laughs> long torso and short arms and legs. Like I'm a T-Rex arms and like stubby legs. So my backpack is still going to be like one though, that a guy of six foot two, six foot three is going to use. Mm. Um, but I know guys who are six foot two and six foot three who use smaller ones than I do. Got smaller torso legs. legs. They're just all legs, you know, mm -hmm. and so the torso length is important. So being able to adjust that, yeah, if you can do that in a way that can still save weight, yeah, that's a that's you vital. Know, you know what else I think is awesome is if your backpack has a removable frame, but even with the frame, I think it needs to be under two pounds. Well, that's like a sweet spot. Outdoor Vitals just came out with a with a uh, a framed backpack. Yeah, I think it weighs twenty seven ounces, which is, there, is well under. Is it Coda? Is that what it's called? I can't remember. I know I the Coda. The Coda is the travel pack. Okay, this one's got like some weird name, but it's it's made out of ultra fabric. I don't think they've dropped it yet. Yeah, I think that they are. They bet you can actually order it right now. Okay, but so, when will you get it? I don't know. I haven't where's, ordered one. Where's it at? I don't know. You got to go to backpack. There it oh, CS forty. CS forty. Okay. Yeah, here but, I'll share the screen so everybody can see. But uh. They're watching online. But this backpack, I mean, it's it's nice. If you click on it, they were if was, you've if you've got the if you're a member of their outdoor vitals uh live ultralight membership, you get a little nicer. But that's a great backpack. And it's it's uh it's got a really light frame. That's kind of been the thing they've been talking about the most. So ha I think also Z Packs is another one that has a phenomenally light frame. And I think theirs is all carbon. Is it the R call? The R call and the frames on the outside of the pack. It's actually technically an external frame backpack, I think, because the I, way it's set up. I like to be able to remove the frame because if I want to go ultralight, and a removable hip hip belt would be great too. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to go like as ultralight as that backpack will let you, you could take out the frame and you could stack your gear in it in a way that it frames it for you. Right. And you could take off the hip belt if you don't need it. Yeah. You might be somebody absolutely. that wants to run the fanny pack instead of the hip belt pocket. Yeah, I think the only thing that's a negative about the R-Call is the fact you can't really remove the frame. Uh, that that's, would be a negative. That's the only negative. Because that backpack, to me, uh -huh. like you were saying, some packs are perfect for us. Yeah. That pack is the perfect pack to me right now. I have, Old words. I, 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 I even did a video about it. Um. It weighs 20 ounces, it's a 60-liter uh, backpack, and it's got a frame. That's like a trifecta there. And it can hold up to 40 pounds comfortably. And I'm going to tell you, I, I held, just, had 38 pounds in it, and I can tell you it did. I'd have to try it. I'm just not buying it. It blew my mind. Like, it didn't, it wasn't, you, you know how it is, like, when you say that, it's still weight. I mean, you're yeah. still feeling the weight, but the pack's not pulling awkwardly. Yeah, you want You're not feeling any tension in weird spots. It really does it, man. If if it sits comfortably, I mean, forty pounds is forty pounds, no matter what it's in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's going. You're going. And feel honestly, the weight, but. if these if if you've been backpacking for 30, 40 years, you're laughing at us right now. But you're like, right. dude, that's nothing. We did sixty eight <laughs> pounds every trip. Yeah. Or you know? if you're somebody that like uh, hunts and takes one of these external frames, yeah, and go, like goes elk hunting in the middle of Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, you're you might be carrying around eighty pounds if you have a big old hind leg of elk that you're walking out. Oh with. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you another thing, the the hip belt pockets, if it's a backpack with hip belt pockets, which is what I would like. Yeah. The hip belt pockets, sometimes there's two problems with them. You can't zip it with one hand. That is so annoying. So oh, yeah. annoying. Yeah. Can't zip it with one hand. You don't want to have to like reach behind you 
and have to hold it with one hand and zip it closed with the other. And the other thing is the tiny hip belt pockets. So like my, I would say my shadow light backpack is probably my favorite hip belt style because I can fit my whole Canon M50 in there with a prime lens, a 22 millimeter. Prime That's lens. impressive. And I, I can't fit the microphone in there too, unless it's just like my little omnidirectional mic that you plug into the side. If I have a shotgun mic, Obviously, that doesn't fit. The hip belt pocket's not big enough to fit the shotgun mic, well, too. I'm convinced. I think it need, I think if it's going to be the perfect pack, uh-huh. when you order it, you get to choose between hip belt pockets or fanny pack. That would be good. Because I, would, I don't like hip belt pockets at all, just for the fact that you can't ever zip those things up easy. Well, if they can design them so you can zip them up but easy. But why would I want to have to reach around here to get stuff? You don't. You when reach. I have it right here in front of me you. in a big, gigantic <laughs> pocket that's easy to access. Well, that means that your hip belt pockets are too far back. So your backpack just needs them scooted more in front. What I'm saying, though, is I can have one giant pocket that I can guarantee I can fit my stuff into. You can. And it's in one place, and I don't have to go, I don't have to, like, do some awkward zipping thing. Yeah. You know, to me... And I also have short arms. So me reaching over and holding something and zipping it is very mm-hmm. uncomfortable and not fun. Yeah, I don't want to have to do that, period. And I'll, I'll tell you, Chicken Tramper, they are very close to figuring out the fanny pack. Like, their hip belt, I like Chicken Tramper stuff, and I, I still take that backpack. I love, I love that backpack. One thing I don't like on the fanny pack, because I said, I don't have a backpack with a fanny pack. So my Chicken Tramper one, whenever I was ordering it, I was like, let me try it. You know, maybe it's perfect because of the exact thing, the exact things that you're describing. Yeah. So I got the fanny pack, right? Mm -hmm. And you clip your hip belt like normal in front of you in the middle, cinch it up, and then the fanny pack clips on either side. That's one extra step I don't like. And also, like, if I unclip it on one side so that I can unclip my hip belt, then it just, like, swings. And if I have something important in it, like my camera, then I can hit it up against stuff, or I set my backpack down, and the fanny pack is the first point of contact. Well, you also have to think, though, with the pockets, when you set your backpack down, those pockets, if you've got something heavy in it, yeah. it's going to hit first, too. Yeah, but it's not hanging down like four to six inches below the hip belt. I guess for me, I've just gotten used to I unclip it, hold it, and then I unclip my belt. Yeah, I don't want the I've extra just got, step. I've just gotten used to that. It's just, a, it's just those little things that if I didn't have to do, I feel like, we're walking toward the perfect backpack. And right. If you could remove one extra step. Well, that's why I said I think the the, the ultimate pack would be you get a choice. That would be a good one or the other. Decision. You can have either the pockets, if that's what you prefer, or you can have the fanny pack. Okay. Um, here's another thing. Okay, let me just, I'm going to review what we've talked about so far. I've been trying right, to write these down. I have more to add. So we've got an adjustable frame uh-huh. for the torso. We've got under two pounds. Yep. Uh, removable frame, and I want to say under one pound. If you can get it, well, let's, I don't let's think say, it'll be under one. Let's get it to like a pound and a half. Pound and a half would be good. So let's go. Uh, let's go one and a half pounds. <laughs> Excuse me. And then we got ounces. a removable frame, and yep. then choice of pockets or fanny pack. Okay, talking L- about. Let the me pockets. add something. Let me add something. Go ahead. Let me add one. That big stretchy. Back pocket, front pocket, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Big, big, big stretchy. You're talking about the thing that you put your rain gear in. Everybody calls it the front pocket. I call it the back pocket. Because when I'm standing (laughs) here wearing my backpack, where is it? As far back as it can go on my backpack. So it's a back pocket. All right. I fight this battle all the time with people. But I I, I want it to be big and stretchy. Because, like, especially when I'm hammock camping, Uh my tarp always goes in there. I want that same thing. When my tent gets wet, my tent goes in there. The stretchy material, we need a new material that's just as stretchy but more durable. Because those they've, are perfect, but they always rip they've every got, time. They've got an ultra stretch now that I haven't used yet. Okay. It's made out of the same fabric like for ultra backpacks. And and I am curious as to how that stuff works. I know there's an ultra mesh that people are using that's way more durable. Like, the only thing I don't like about my, my chicken tramper, and I've talked to them about it, uh-huh. I don't like the mesh pocket because it doesn't stretch at all. I want stretch <clears throat> I want stretch. But they have a stretch mesh, I think, that might be made with ultra. I could be wrong. If anybody knows, leave a comment. Like, tell us what's going on, and we'll we'll make sure we make a, make sure we say something about it. But uh, we just went out of focus for some reason. Interesting. Oh. Uh, that's because... Oh, we're uh, back in focus. There I was not go. looking at the camera. So, um, the pockets... That's the rear pocket or front pocket or whatever. 
I want big water bottle pockets, something that is easy to get my water in and out of, maybe even a slanted pocket, okay? Like my Osprey, it has two openings for the water bottle pocket. Right. And that's great and all. I don't really love it because it keeps it at maybe like a 60-degree angle and your elbow can hit it. Right. But it's very easy to get to. So I want something that is scooted as far front as I can possibly get it, close as close to my hip belt as possible, not way back so somebody's having to grab it. But now where you're going to hit it with your arms when you're hiking. Right. But I want it um, accessible enough that I can grab it without taking my backpack off. And I want it big enough that more than just a water bottle will fit in there. Like the Osprey, it is a stretchy water bottle pocket holder, <clears throat> and that's it. You know, you could stick a candy bar wrapper or something in there, or maybe like used up hot hands. But some backpacks, you can put like your whole cook kit with a water bottle mm-hmm. and your trekking poles all in the water bottle My pocket. ULA, I could do that. Yeah, my Hyperlite, it has big pocket, and I keep the saw, I'll keep uh, my ground sheet, I'll keep a water bottle, and my hygiene kit all in, like, the water bottle pocket holders on each side. It, yeah, they're like huge. That. Yeah, yeah. I would also say, um, after using the Arc Hall uh-huh. and using an Osprey, having a pack that has something that keeps the pack directly off of your back. Yeah, some kind that, of distance. That, that, that is so nice because... Um, like with the Osprey, I love that in Kilimanjaro because you, you, you didn't, you, you still sweat. I mean, you're right. going to sweat regardless, but I sweat a lot more when I use the packs that don't oh. have that on them. Yeah. Cause you got to think most of the packs that have, that are just against your skin, a lot of them, I guess not most, but a lot of them have a pad that is kind of built in that you can take out as your sit pad. But you got to think that's literally an insulation layer. That thing yeah. has, some of them have a pretty high R value, like the Z-Seat. Yeah. I mean, some people use the Z-Seat material as the Z-Lite pad. Yeah. And that keeps them warm laying on the ground. So you got to think that at reflecting heat on one of the sweatiest parts of you, your back, that's in full contact. Absolutely. I do think that it's overrated, the frames that hold it away from your back, but I think it helps some. It does, and I didn't realize that till this last year. Like, I forgot how much I missed that. Yeah. Because I hadn't used a pack like that since well 2016 every the pack ohm, i'd had was right up against my back the ohm is uh does it hold it away from it's you? no it's just right up against your back oh, okay i got the ohm in 2018 i got you so that since 2018 i hadn't used until i got the z packs uh-huh. i hadn't had a pack that did that and i'm gonna tell you yesterday when i was hiking we got done hiking josh's back was soaking wet <laughs> yeah mine was not <laughs> And I and so I, I do believe it does help a lot. I believe it helps an yeah, awful lot. I'm with you. You're still gonna sweat, but uh, but it, it, there's a thing as as the miles build up, things that don't normally make cause discomfort mm-hmm. start causing discomfort, and they yeah. stick out more. You know, it's it's the idea that like when you're weighing your pack, an ounce becomes a pound in the afternoon. Yeah, because as the miles compound, your body gets more tired. Things will irritate you more, and uh, anything that can remove irritation, I'm all about. I got a couple more things to add that would be accessories. I want to go with your pockets, though, for a second. Okay, yeah. They need to have vent holes in the bottom of them. Oh, so the water so, drains So out. as it rains, uh-huh. they don't just fill up with water. Yep, and, totally and agree. And I have hiked on trips where that's a thing, like where it yeah. just pours, and you've got to hike. You can't stop. you got to go where you're going. Mm-hmm. And it's not, thund- it's not lightning, so you don't have to worry about hunkering down and hiding from it, but you just got to keep moving. And those, those things can fill up with water. Oh yeah, and so uh, having having some kind of a vent hole in the bottom that lets water drip out of it mm-hmm. is good. I think that uh, it also if you can put double pockets on the side, like you got the water bottle pocket, but up above it toward the top of the pack, you have an extra pocket on both sides that gives you extra storage. Put your water filter stuff up there, or yeah, something your like hygiene that. kit, whatever you, that can make the water bottle pocket smaller because you got more storage up above. So I would include those, and I also I also want to say, um, it's a good idea to have some kind of compression cordage, also yes, on that side. Yeah, yeah. So you can do you can stick like your saw in the water bottle pocket, but then you could cinch up 
in some fashion. I really like how the shadow light has, you can undo it. You know, it's like a piece of cordage that zigzags mm-hmm. across on the side well, of the Well, and I think most of the packs that have it, you can take it off if you just okay. don't want it. It's just an attachment. It's like yeah. a hook that, you yeah. know, you cinch up with a line lock on the but, other I mean, side. any of them, you can just pull it out. I mean, it's not really that hard. But yeah. personally, I always use it. And I got, I think because when I got the Ohm, it uh-huh. had it, and it was the first pack I ever had that had that. It's a nice. I fell in love nice with it. Addition. Like when you put a water bottle in your pocket, you can put that strap around the top lip of the mm-hmm. of the water bottle, and it keeps it from popping out or anything. Yeah, because sometimes you'll bend over or something or crawl across something, and your water bottle will fall out, and then it'll roll down a 50-foot hill. And you're like, oh, my God, i got to take this backpack off and climb through all this stuff. That happened to me on I've, the Sheltoe Trace. How many have you lost? I haven't lost, lost any. I've lost two. I haven't lost She's any. She's gone. But one, I mean, I'm not kidding you. I had to bush. I had to set my pack down. I had to take it off. Mm-hmm. And I had to bushwhack down this hill. You Probably a good 50, 60 feet. It's and awful. then climbing back up was miserable because I'm holding a bottle in one hand. And I'm on all fours basically trying to get up this hill. Mm-hmm. And it's all leaves and loose gravel. And you're just you're barely able to get up. And then when you get to the top, you're so exhausted. And you got to put your backpack on. And keep you got to put your backpack on and go another 10 miles <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so what's something else? Okay. Let's, let's do a review real quick. Okay. John, with so we got, review. we got, we got a lot here. This, we knew this was going to be the one that'd be the most in depth of yeah. all of these things. So it has to have an adjustable frame. We'd like it to be between a pound and a half and two pounds. Yeah. Uh, a removable frame, a choice of pockets or fanny pack. Large stretchy pocket, uh, large, easy-to-access water bottle pockets with vent holes and a second pocket above, at least on one side, if not both. Yeah. Then um, a, a guard that'll hold your back away from the pack. Yeah. So you got a little ventilation there and compression cordage. I would say shock cordage would be great on the um, mesh of the big pocket that you're talking about on the back of the backpack. Okay. Explain so, that one to me. So, like... I took on my Hyperlite, it has a, uh, it's got the pocket, but it, the pocket is not stretchy. You know, you want to put your rain gear and tarp and all your wet stuff in there on the right. back of the backpack. And I was like, I need someplace to put my camp shoes and my sit pad and that stuff. Like, I ran out of space because that part of the backpack's not stretchy. Some people would say you're just bringing too much stuff, but that's how I hike. Hey, hike your so, own hike. I, what I did was took some shock cord and take it across on top of the what we're wanting to be a stretchy pocket. And what you can do is stick your camp shoes on that. So th- those are away from everything. Your camp shoes aren't getting the stuff dirty that's inside of that outside pocket. Yeah, that's a good call. And your sit pad. And, you know, if you have like a, a wet rain jacket or something, you want it on the very, very outside, you just tuck it in. Or, you know, if you want to shed a layer real quick, Take your backpack off. You don't have to like undo everything and get in your backpack to put your um, your puffy in there. You just tuck it into that compression system of the shock cordage. So I would put that on that back pocket on the outside of it. And I would say, I would say, put the option for it. Yes, because some people like myself, I would be like, I don't really see a need so for it for me. Anchor points at least. Yeah, that, that you could that's, take that's that's what I was gonna say. Anchor points. Yeah. And in addition to that, I want some kind I want two anchor points that both you can cinch up the shock cord to keep your trekking poles on the back of your backpack as well. So like some backpacks, for some reason, they use some special piece at the bottom that the you know, pointy end of your trekking poles go in and right. then the top is a sometimes it'll be a grommet. I don't like that. I don't, and also don't like a little loop because my trekking poles, they'll either, one of them will come out and then the top part's got shock cord and then my trekking pole is just flapping on the back. Um, or they don't fit with any type of like mud guard or snow boot or something like that that's on the bottom yeah, of my to trekking me, pole. To me, what would be better is to have some large shock cord yeah, so you can that, cinch it that up. you can cinch up with, with a toggle uh-huh. and, and have that on there. That would be way better because then you could get both sides, they're firm. To the pack, they're not mm-hmm. coming loose. Or you can do like some backpacks have the shock cord at the top. That's a loop that you can cinch up to put the uh, cork handles or whatever kind of trekking poles you have. So those go at the top of your backpack, and then at the bottom where the pointy ends go, they have like a a piece of shock cord, but then it's got a piece of hard plastic kind of around it. I don't know if you've seen those, but it mm-hmm. is like 
You know, it's just like a U-shape, and it's tucked against the backpack. And then you can pull it out and stick the pointy ends in there. So if there's enough give to that, I like that actually better than a second loop that you have to cinch up because it's one less step. And mm-hmm. I'm always about, I'll pay extra for the convenience. Yeah. Not everybody will, so you can make it an option. But yeah, um, but something better than what we have right now. Yes. Because I'm like you, they doesn't matter what you do, they're flopping around. Yeah. When you put them on the back of your pack. And if you like if you go under a tree and the and a one of your uh your trekking poles gets caught, it always undoes the line lock or whatever. Yeah. It stretches it back out so then you could lose a trekking pole. Yeah. Or it's like flopping around. Well, like when we did the Indian staircase this past weekend at a trip mm-hmm. I was on, we actually took our trekking poles and put them in the side pockets with the uh, compression straps on the side yeah. to hold them in place because I didn't trust putting them in the trekking pole holders. Isn't that a shame? Yeah. You have the the location, but it's so untrustworthy. Yeah, I just don't, don't it, it. nobody's made a good system with that. I think we came up with a good system here. I'll tell you one other thing that I want with the trekking poles is the thing that my Osprey has. The Osprey is like one of the perfect backpacks, but it weighs four and a half pounds. Yes. So that's just too much. I would take so many options off of it that they've done well. And I, I don't need a top pocket like this. Go, no. you, you just give me a roll down. I don't need the brain. Just give me a roll down. So A with, roll top. With the trekking poles, what Osprey does is they give you the cinches. Or right here on your left shoulder strap, there's an anchor point. You could do an ice axe, you know, if you're like up in the high Sierras yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. needing... You access to the ice axe, or you can put your trekking pole there. And That's then, what I used on Kilimanjaro with mine. That was actually pretty nice. Down here on the hip belt, there's another place yep. where you tuck the pointy end of your trekking poles. I like that a lot better than putting them on the back because I could do that while I was hiking. Yes, and and they're quick access. You can well, if you're road walking. Oh, I got a half mile stretch of road walk. Pop them in know, there and go walking. You don't have to take your backpack off. Yeah, you know you just collapse your trekking poles and stick them in there. Or, if, like I said, if you got an ice axe, that and, gives you that option. And I'm going to throw this in there. On the straps and on the hip belt, mm-hmm. daisy chains. Yes, you got to have daisy chains because there's so many accessories. Like, I prefer at least the cell phone holder. And the cell phone holder, I use Chicken Trampers, C-Tug. I use their cell phone holder. They have one that's Velcro, and they have one that, I don't know if it's really intended to be cell phone holder, but it's got a zipper. I don't think either of them are waterproof, maybe a little bit water-resistant. But then on the outside, it's got some lycra mesh, and I'll keep sunscreen, and I keep, um, like, chapstick in there. So yeah. then it, you can grab it anytime. It's convenient. You don't even have to unzip your hip belt to get right. that stuff. Well, I use a HydroPack bottle um, to drink out of the collapsible. The collapsible one with, um, with, like, the hydration straw kind of thing. Yeah. And I just connect that with a small S-beaner to the daisy straps for my water. Mm-hmm. And that hangs off of there, and I've got a little magnet where I can connect the tip of my, uh, where I actually drink the water out of. Yeah, and and that works great. But if you don't have daisy chains and enough connections for all that, you can't do that. Yeah, you need those daisy chains with like an inch, uh, every every inch or two. You need a sewn, and they don't need to be super wide. Like no. every makes them so wide, they can be a half inch, like, and that's fine. Yeah, they don't have to be super wide, but just to have something where you can connect things. Right. And and be able to do uh, just to make the just to make it more versatile. Yeah, Gossamer Gear they sell like a snack pack, which is basically a pocket that goes where your cell phone holder holder or your water bottle holder would go on your shoulder strap. Mm-hmm. So there, it has it's more rigid, and you know you can put your snacks down in there, and it's got like a a weird cinch up system. I don't know; it's hard to describe. You have to go on Gossamer Gear's yeah. website to see it. But. And as someone who uses a camera on trail. Yeah. Please don't make super wide straps. Why not? Because my camera clip doesn't fit on those. <laughs> yeah. So I need something my camera clip can fit on. And if it, if the straps are too wide, uh, I can't do that. So it becomes worthless to me. What about the inside of the backpack? How many times have you used that divider that you can put your sleeping bag under everything? Never. And I've never used it. I tried one it one time, but my sleeping bag was too big. Yeah, I don't really understand that. Maybe that's an old design type deal. Yeah, maybe. I, I do know that, that I do know that I want a backpack that's as close to waterproof as possible and is fully taped on the inside. Yes, I want as much because I will do like a uh, a dry bag inside. They're called Nylafume bags. Yeah, and 
you can buy those. Like uh, I know Outdoor Vital sells them, and probably Garage Grown Gear. But um, I will also sometimes use not only the bag liner, but a uh, pack cover. A pack cover too. See, I don't. I don't even. I don't ever, I never use a pack cover. Ever since I started using the uh, the liner on the inside, mm-hmm. the pack cover just seems like extra weight. Yeah, you really don't have to have it, but it is nice, especially like you're talking about the the pockets filling up with water. Yeah, like if you don't want that to happen, and you have a pack liner, if you've you got vent holes, it. you don't have to worry about it, which is nice. Right, and it, we would take we care would, of that. We'd have that. Yeah. My my thing is, and this is something I dealt with hiking in a lot of rain back in the day, uh-huh. was I would have that that pack liner on. And the top would just, what would happen is you've got it over the top of your pack and the top would fill, make a little bowl and uh, fill with water. And then you'd bend over to do something and the water would just pour down your back. <laughs> yeah. And I hated that. That's I was awful. like, it's so dumb. And, and so I never, I, a Daisy or a Daisy Dixie actually did a video about how she doesn't use pack covers either. Yeah. Cause and I just won't touch them at this point. If I've got a liner on the inside Everything that's on the outside of my pack can get wet. That's right. why it's on the outside of my pack. Yeah. So I don't worry about it. Yeah, you really don't need to double up, but uh, you can. And, you know, that one of the negatives, though, is they'll catch wind. Like mine blew off in the Grayson Highlands because there's like 40-mile-per-hour wind. Yeah. So yeah. you just literally can't use them in those unless Unless it's got a toggle that lets you really sh- like really tighten it up yeah. to your pack. Okay, so here's what we got. Oh, here we go again with the review. This, well, this I think we've got it all. I don't know if there's much else we can do. No, there? there's one. There's one other thing that I'm thinking about on the inside. Cappuccino maker. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'm thinking um, on the inside, one main compartment. I would love at least one little area that's maybe a sewn-in pocket that I could stick something in. Maybe zip it up like that would be my spot for my wallet the whole time I'm out there. Usually I keep it on my person, but one little storage area that's kind of sewn in on, like you open up the backpack and you're like, oh, you know, um, where the mesh pocket is that you're talking about the front versus the back. Yeah. Even if it's like a little four and a half inch by four and a half inch. Some place where you put your keys and your wallet so you don't lose those while you're hiking. You also want like, which I thought I lost my wallet on my last trip. Oh, no. I had left him in the truck. So it was oh, Okay, good. You do want, like, the little key tab things. Yeah. Like, the Shadow Light backpack has one on each hip belt pocket. Mm-hmm. So those are good, too. Um, I usually just keep my keys in my pocket. But uh, that, and if somebody wants a water bladder, which I don't use them, but if somebody likes them, a removable water bladder sleeve, which the Shadow Light also has. You really you like that shadow light a lot, don't you? There's a lot of things that I like about it. I do not like the um, the trek and pole system. I think uh, but you, we don't like that on pretty much anything except Osprey. If if you really want to hear my thoughts on that backpack, we had Tayson on like a year or two ago. You and, grilled him, dude. Well, I broke apart every part of that because I used the backpack a lot, and I'm using it on the Camino. Yeah. So, you know. With that much experience, you kind of learn the things that you would like changed in your eyes. But, you know, the inside of the backpack, the one main compartment with the little pocket and then a removable frame and the removable um, water bladder pocket. And there was one other thing. I thought you already said there was one other thing, and you did two things. Uh, So this is the third other thing. Actually, a couple other things. So this is the fourth and the third and the fourth other thing. That's right. We're making the perfect backpack. Okay. I'll be quick on these. You need a handle on the outside so that you can pick up the backpack. Oh, yeah, yeah. That goes without saying. I have backpacks without one. Which is silly. Yep, I agree. Very minimalist. Um, I would put a pocket on the underside of the backpack. So like where you sit your backpack down, I love a pocket right there. Do you really? Uh huh. Okay. I like it. So you I'm going to put that as an option because I hate option. those. Okay. I hate those pockets. Optional. And um, also, you want it roll top, but on the roll top, you want enough material that you can really roll it down because some trips it's winter time and you're taking a lot of stuff and you have that thing stuffed to the brim and can't roll it down at all. But if they just added another six inches of material up there, I feel like the weight would not only be negligible, but it would enable you to roll it down. And get a little bit more waterproof. And I like a one one clasp. You just snap it and then one strap over. Not the not the V shape where it meets and you gotta do all that. 
I just one strap's all you need. Roll it down and, and snap it in. The final item that needs to go in this backpack. Right, then you can do your review. The final item. The final <laughs> item, and you'll agree with me on this. <laughs> okay. You need some kind of, of cordage or something on the back of the pack where you can put in a sleeping pad or a chair or something oh, like forgot. that. I forgot. I was going to say that earlier. Yes, you need something under the mesh pocket, that little like four to six inch area where the mesh ends and you're working your way toward the bottom of the pack. It'll be different for different people. I, that's usually where I like to put a chair. Yeah. So but if you're not someone backpacks with, backpacks with a chair, but you use like a foam pad, uh-huh. and you want to keep that on the outside, that's a good place to put that. So this, we've okay, this is in depth. Yeah, this is a really, whoever builds this backpack, I will buy it. You could also sponsor this channel and give them to us, and we'll do a lot of advertising for you. <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. Let's let's talk about this. All right. We're going to call this the Red Wolf. The Red Wolf. We're going to call this the Red Wolf backpack. I like it. It has an adjustable frame. It's under two pounds. has a removable frame. It has an adjustable torso frame yes. with a removable inner frame. A choice of pockets or fanny packs. It has a large stretchy pocket. Large, easy-to-access water bottle pockets with vent holes in a second pocket above. Uh, it's, it has a guard that, that holds your back away from the backpack to give more venting between your back and the pack. It has compression cordage on the sides of the pack. It has shock cordage with anchor, has shock cordage anchor points with the option to add shock cord on the, side, on the sides along the large pocket so that mm-hmm. you can strap things to the back of your pack. It also has better trekking pole straps and cordage. Something that actually holds the, the trekking poles to the backpack. Daisy chains throughout. So if you're someone who likes to connect things, you can do that. It's fully taped and waterproof on the inside. Uh, it has a roll top with extra straps, with extra strap um, length on it so that you can really cinch it down. Uh, an inner pocket option that allows you to put something in to hold your wallet or keys or anything like that. It has a bladder option as well where you can put in a bladder pocket that will hold a water bladder if you're somebody who likes to do hydration that way. It has a nice handle strap that you don't have to fear is going to rip when you pick up your backpack. A bottom pocket underneath option that you can get if you like to put a water bottle down there or things in that. And finally, it has cordage on the back just below the big meshy pocket, the big uh, stretchy pocket, so that you can strap in a sleeping pad or a chair or something like that. Yes. And all of that needs to weigh under two pounds. Yep. And come in around sixty liters. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know if it's the weight is the issue. Cause you can do all that. It's just gonna weigh a lot. Yeah. I think if somebody could come up with this backpack oh, around that weight. That's a bestseller, dude. Like around the twenty to twenty two ounce area. Yeah. You know, Z Packs, if you're listening, you guys could just like change a couple things on the arc hall and it is this pack. Yeah, and I'll buy it. Take all those ideas. That is good feedback. Yeah. John and I have been backpacking for years. Yeah. I'm no expert or anything, but I know what I like. I know and what's practical. Yes. Everything that's on this is practical. This is stuff that you yeah. could actually use. And because a lot of it's options, it doesn't mean you have to have stuff on it. You can you can say, I don't want these things. But it gives you options. Yeah, it's tough to make a backpack like this with so many options, though, because, like, that's well, the here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. The options that we put on here, like the options for a pocket, the options for a fanny pack versus pockets, if it's done with the daisy chain system usage, mm-hmm. that makes it very easy to do that. Because I know my uh, my arc hall actually has daisy chains, and you can connect pockets to the daisy chain, or you can use a fanny pack. Yeah. So you could do that with the pocket on the inside, you could just put two loops where you can connect. That's true. You could do the same thing with the water bottle pocket, which I believe, is it Chicken Tramper? That's what they have on the inside. They have connection points where you can put that stuff. Um, I'm not sure. Is it the Chicken Tramper? I believe that theirs does that. But, I mean, it giving the options, like just making sure the places are there so that even if later you decide, I do want to have those things, mm-hmm. I can put them on. Yeah. The number one issue with making this backpack is since there's so many options, it would be hard to mass produce it. So you got to think like John's saying, yeah, and make it in a way where it's easily mass produced so you can sell a lot of them, Mm -hmm. but also give you all the options. Because whenever you get, when you see a company that like take chicken tramper, for example, they give you so many options on colors and that kind of stuff that it makes it hard to 
make a lot of backpacks because right. you can't do them all at once. You can't. Well, ULA is the same thing. Uh, Waymark. You got to take um, all those color options yeah, away. It would, you you, you got all those things. Yeah. Maybe two color options, but when it, the more options you add, the less easily you can mass produce it. Yeah. Which means less money. Which means why would you invest your time into making the product? And, and the one big final thing we didn't mention is it needs to be made of a durable, uh, abrasion-resistant fabric, yes. like an Ultra 200 or something like that, or a an X-Pack or a, uh, ult, what is the other one, Eco-Pack type of I fabric. I totally agree. So, something that's waterproof, but durable, light, I don't know. We're probably making stuff up that doesn't exist. No, it's real. It's happening. There, There's a backpack company listening to this right now. There's probably some guy in his garage who is wanting to design the perfect backpack and just listen to this. Now, he's going to go and he's going to make this happen. I hope so. And this time next year, we're going to have him on the show, and we're going to talk about how he became a millionaire. What's the price point on this bad boy? I mean, if you're going to do all this stuff, it's going to be between 350 and 400 bucks. There's no way you're going to yeah, get it cheaper than that. It's going to be over 300 No, No way you're getting it between any, any cheaper than that. But if you're yeah. asking for the perfect backpack... You're gonna have to pay for it. I'll pay for it. I'll buy it. Yeah, I'll buy it in a heartbeat. I, sp- I bought I bought a seven hundred dollar tent. I actually bought a seven hundred dollar tent. Yeah, sometimes it's worth it. it. And it after my trip, I agree with that hundred percent. I'll pay for the convenience, folks. Everybody, go shave your arms. See y'all we'll later. See you in the next episode. Adios. That's all from us. See ya.